Good morning. Wow, that was incredible. I've never heard that response before like that. That was great. Hey, um, we are going to be starting in an Old Testament book this morning in the book of Isaiah. We're looking at the prophet Isaiah and, and some words he offered to us as we are in this series on Balo to cast. What is that? The invitation, right? Um, so while you're turning to Isaiah 55, if you have your Bibles, uh, I do want to remind you of one thing, very important thing. We are, if, if, you're, if you're thinking we just had New Year's, well, you're right, but we are moving our way towards Easter and the season of Lent, which are the 40 days leading up to uh, Easter Sunday, it begins this Wednesday. Yes, Valentine's Day. We're going to have our uh, Ash Wednesday service here Wednesday night, six o'clock in the auditorium. Uh, it's always a beautiful service. It's a reminder to us of of uh, what Christ endured uh, as he made his way to the cross. And um, those ashes represent our mortality and our need for a savior. So I hope that you can be here on Wednesday night. Childcare will be uh, provided and our uh, elementary age kids will be in the service, part of the service with us. But this Wednesday, six o'clock here in the auditorium as we begin the season of Lent. Um, as we're talking about the invitation, Jesus' invitation, because that's really what we're casting, right? That's, that's that balo. That's what we want to do. We want to cast the invitation of Jesus. I've heard from many of you over the last four weeks who have said, just the conversation, and this is the whole point. This is why I wanted us to do this series, was I've heard from you saying, I'm just more aware I'm more aware of opportunities. I'm more aware in conversation and things where you're able to say, you know, to turn the conversation towards Jesus, to turn the conversation towards an invitation in some way, shape, or form. And so I'm so glad to hear that. And I hope that continues as we continue this series up to Easter about that invitation. Um, this word, balo, right? It, when you, if you're someone who's going, I've actually been kind of thinking about the invitation, this puts you in really good company. It puts you in really good company with the first century Christians, the, the beginning of the church. I want to share with you um, a quote in a book titled Evangelism in the Early Church. Historical uh, historian Michael Green, he said this, and he was talking about the far-reaching uh, spread of the early church. And he said this, Christianity was supremely a lay movement spread by informal missionaries. A lay movement spread by informal missionaries. Lay movement, that means not clergy. That means not formally trained. That means not someone who's been, it's just an everyday person. That Christianity was supremely a lay movement spread by informal missionaries. And I love that term, informal missionaries, because I, I really hope that that's kind of what you see yourself as, or you will start to see yourself as today, that you, if you're a follower of Jesus, that you're an informal missionary. And I love the word informal because I think it kind of takes off some of the uh, apprehension that we might have whenever we hear the word missionary. Because we're like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not called to be a missionary. But the, the spread of the church, of the gospel, started with this lay movement of informal missionaries. Here's what Green goes on to say. I want to share the rest of this with you. 
He said people carried on the mission of the church, not through formal preaching, but informal conversation in homes and shops, on walks and around market stalls. They did it naturally, enthusiastically. He says more. He says, having found treasure, right? Their their understanding of Jesus Christ, the, the fact that they themselves have received salvation and they're living into this. Having found treasure, they meant to share it with others. Neither the strategy nor the tactics of the first Christians were particularly remarkable. What was remarkable was their conviction, their passion, and their determination to act as Christ's ambassador to a rebel world. Their conviction, their passion, their determination. Nothing else was very remarkable about them. And so the gospel of Jesus, what we see, even as we read like historically about how the church began to grow, the gospel of Jesus, it, it thrives Not just in moments like this, these Sunday morning more, I mean, we're not very formal here, but this is a, you would say a formal gathering, like we set a time and you showed up and we're here and we kind of have a process, right? But the gospel of Jesus thrives not just in moments like this, right? But in the informalness, if that's a word, of our everyday lives. That's where the gospel thrives, you know, casting the invitation just like the first century Christians did. And, they, and that invitation is to experience Jesus, to see him, to know him, to recognize him, to get to know him, to, to see that who he is and, and what he was sent to do, what he has done for us. And then to cast that in a natural way in our conversations and in, in our hospitality, how we live that out, just our very way of being informal missionaries. Now, one of the things that I was already planning on talking about this, and I just, I love how God always lines things up, because today uh, we are going to commission and pray for um, 11, I think 10 are here. I'm not sure if the whole team's here, but we're going to pray for our Central America, American mission team that you've heard us talk about for several months. They're heading out at the end of this week and to go and to be a presence uh, in Central America and do some, some labor in the name of Jesus. They're going to build some homes. They're going to uh, build simple homes for families in need, and they're going to do it in the name of Jesus Christ. So we're sending out, and these aren't professional missionaries. These are people who are taken off of work and off of school and who've raised money to go. And we're sending 11 informal missionaries this week. That's what they do, informal missionaries to offer the invitation of Jesus. So here's what, so, you know, we started the first four weeks of the series, and I said we want to talk about um, some of the specific invitations that Jesus made, okay? But it wasn't just Jesus who made the invitation. If you look at the whole of Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, there are, and really the number could be higher, but when you kind of get down to what, a, what an invitation actually looks like, There's well over 50 invitations that you see in the scriptures, which is why we're going to start in Isaiah today. That's kind of our main text. We'll look at several others. So if you're a note taker, I'm going to mention several other verses that I would encourage you to write down or, or, um, and look up later for your own study. 
But there are these at least over 50, and we're not going to look at all 50, so you can rest assured on that one right now. Um, But in the book of Isaiah, okay, chapter 55 alone, uh, we're going to look at this. Here's a little little background on this. Um, It's the prophet Isaiah. And if you think about it, it's Old Testament, right? And it's prophecy, right? So it must just be for God's chosen people who at that time were the Jewish people, right? Well, no. It's actually kind of a, a head scratcher when you think about the whole story because when, you, when we get into this invitation, we see here it's not just for the Jewish people. It's actually beyond that. It actually opens up. And you go, oh, I didn't know that that was even there in the Old Testament. We'll, we'll see it. Um, but it's this invitation. It, it goes beyond the borders of Israel or where God's people are residing, but to the whole world. All right, so let's start in verse 1 of Isaiah 55. And it's a pretty simple one. It sounds like something you've heard before because you probably have. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. This is through the prophet Isaiah, to, to the people of God, but beyond just Israel. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Most theologians agree that Jesus was quoting this when he declared in John chapter 7, anyone who's thirsty may come to me, anyone who believes in me may come and drink, that he was quoting this text from the prophet Isaiah. And so right away, the invitation is there. Are you thirsty? Come and drink. Are you thirsty? Come and drink. Now, verse 3. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. This promise comes with this. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. I don't know if you're seeing the invitations here, but if you're thirsty, come and drink. Come and and hear, open up your ears, listen, and I'll make an everlasting covenant with you. Go down to verse 6, verses 6 and 7. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. Okay, so in this chapter, just in these, these several verses here, are invitations. I don't know if you notice this, but here they are. They're, they're invitations to be satisfied. Are you thirsty? An invitation to be satisfied, to be fulfilled. There's an invitation to come and hear, to hear, to hear truth, to know truth. To, an invitation to be loved. An everlasting, unfailing love promised to us. An invitation to receive mercy in verse 7. And oh, this is a good one. An invitation to receive forgiveness. These are invitations. Now, if you stop and think about this, you meet people every day, every day of your lives, that need these, that are seeking, that need, they're in need of these uh, invitations, right? Invitation for forgiveness, an invitation for love, an invitation for mercy, an invitation for fulfillment, an invitation to hear something good. You know people, or maybe you are one of these people 
You're burnt out on life. You're defeated. You're parched. Your dreams have been dashed. Hope is gone. And it's kind of like day after a weary day, no hope, no strength, unfulfilled. God has an invitation to those who feel this way right here in Isaiah 55. He says, I have what you need. I have forgiveness for your sin. I have satisfaction for your soul. I will fulfill you. Now, I I believe this is crucial as an informal missionary. Your information about Jesus, those of you that have been doing this for a while, your information about Jesus should come with an invitation to know Jesus. Your information that you hold, that you have, that you understand about Jesus Christ should come with an invitation for someone to know Jesus Christ. Jesus shows us this truth himself. He shows this to us. When when two disciples of John the Baptist, we looked at this the very first week, when two disciples of John the Baptist, when John the Baptist is like, look, there is the Lamb of God, there's the Messiah, there he is. When they came up to Jesus and they said, where are you staying? Right? That's a, that's a question seeking information. That's a question that, that, that they didn't, they wanted information, but there was more. It was like, where are, where are you going to stay? You know what he did? Jesus did not say, well, my address is, you know, J. Christ, 42 Wallaby Way, Bethlehem. <laughs> For all you Nemo lovers. What did he do? He didn't give them like a, he didn't drop a pin and say, this is where you can meet me later. Let me give you information about how you can find me. What did he do? He answered their question that was seeking information with an invitation. He said, come and see. Come and see. He offered them an invitation. And this invitation of Jesus, hear this. The invitation of Jesus was the avenue by which all the information a follower of his would come, would be able to come to know God and come to know God's purposes and come to know why Jesus was even there to begin with. The invitation was the avenue to receive the information. Our God is an inviting God. So your information about Jesus should come with an invitation to know Jesus. Now it's important, I think, to connect uh, the nature of God in inviting with the power of Jesus to save. So it's not just a random invitation to, to something It's an invitation with a purpose. It's an invitation with knowing that behind this is the power of Jesus to change someone's life. That makes the invitation incredibly important. So when you're living this life of balo, of casting this, the very best invitation you could ever offer, when you're casting this good news, when you invite someone, when you make sure have a tendency to to fail in this sometimes. Make sure that you're inviting people to the one who can do something for them. Sometimes I think I've got to fix people or I've got to, sometimes I think I'm the fixer. It's not my answers 
And it's not yours that are going to, we need to invite people to Jesus. It's the avenue by which they'll get all the information they need. The reason we invite anyone to anything is because we ultimately, as a follower of Jesus, is because ultimately we want to invite that person to Christ. That's the whole point of it all. He's the only one that has power to change a life. He's the only one who can, who can take someone who's going in on, a, on an avenue of darkness to an avenue of light. He's the only one who could take someone from the valley to the mountaintop. He's the only one who can do this. And I told you Isaiah 5 is our main text, but I want to share with you a couple of others. Revelation. Go all the way to the end of the book. All the way to the end of the chapter, chapter 22. It shows our part to play. I want you to hear this. I want you to see this. In case you're going, I don't, I'm not really, a, I mean, you're talking to some people in here who feel like this call to invite or this call to be the um, informal missionary or whatever you call it, Shannon. But um, hear me, if you, if you follow Jesus, hear this. This is what verse 17 of Revelation 22 says. This is the part that you and I play. This is where you and I come in. We invite people to hear about him. The spirit and the bride say, come. Come, there's the invitation. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, there it is again, come. Let anyone who desires to drink freely from the water of life, it's come. Now, I don't know, this is one of those verses I've just kind of, I've read through before many times, but I want you to notice something. We know who the Spirit is, but who else is doing the inviting there? The bride. The Spirit and the who? The bride. We are the bride. We are the bride. It's us. It's the church. It's unmistakably the church. Three times in the New Testament, the church, the people of God are called the bride of Christ. In 2 Corinthians 11, in Ephesians 5, also in Revelation 19, and then here, we are called the bride of Christ. So when we get to verse uh, chapter 22, and it says the spirit and the bride say come, that's us. We're people who offer the invitation. So the people of Christ, the church, we are part of the invitation. This is what 1 Peter 3.15 says. You know this one. If someone asks you uh, about your hope as a believer, be ready to explain it. Always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Be ready to explain it. Be ready to have the invitation prepared. If someone asks, be ready for that. That's, that's the work of an informal missionary right there. That's it, the informal missionary. Now, again, you might think all the missionary talk here, you know, but God hasn't called me to be a missionary. God hasn't called me not to preach, not to do what you're doing, Shannon. I hate to, I hate to break this to you. you. know I don't. I love to break this to you. As a follower of Jesus, he, he, actually you are. You're called to do this. Jesus told his followers to go into all the world, right? We know that. We've heard that. That covers the going out missionary part. We were called to go out. We're called to go forward. We're not called to stay where we are or to sit in what we know and what we have. 
When he said go in all the world, and this kind of hurts a little bit, I know, but he didn't say go into all the world and find a nice place to live and get have a good job and a family and friends and an overall sense of contentment in your life. He didn't say that. He said go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, Mark 16, verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Was he just talking to a select group of people or was he talking to the church? bride go into all the world the the word preach in is this word in greek keruso and it means to proclaim openly it means to proclaim openly something which has been done so it means to tell people what's happened well i don't know what to share tell people what what's been done in your life we go forth and share this good news. So you are an informal missionary. Not just the, the group that we're going to pray for in a few moments and, and send out with prayers um, for the next several days as they do some, some hard work, um, helping build homes for some people. But you are an informal missionary as well. I want to revisit this uh, statement I made. Because I really do want this to settle in on us. Here's what I said a moment ago. Your information about Jesus. So I'm looking in here and I see some really smart people. Like you are so, like I'm not in, I'm not in your SAT level. Like I'm, I'm down, I'm down. Actually, I never took the SATs. I took the ACT. So I'm like, you know, but, but like some of you, you're, you're smart people. Okay. I see a lot of smart people in here and, and the others of you, I'm, I'm glad you're here too. No, I'm just kidding. Stick to the notes. The information friends that you have about Jesus and you might go, I don't have a lot, but you have some. The information you have about Jesus should come with an invitation for people to know Jesus. It's not enough just to know we should go. And I want to offer a visual for us, okay? I want you to imagine that in this box, let's see if I can move this over here without too much trouble. Okay, in this box that's underneath here, let's just say that it represents... Um, some really good, life-changing information about God. All right, so like, it's like, oh wow, in here is like this really incredible, like it could, it could just revolutionize someone's life, right? About God, um, about how he very much loves his creation and he wants, he wants his creation to know him and love him. And as a follower of Jesus, you have that information because you, you've received this, what's in here, right? What are you going to do with it? So let me say this. All right, I'm going <laughs> to, let's say, you've got this here. All right, so God's word, right? I remember when I first started reading a Bible because I had a friend who was telling me about Jesus, and, and I thought I, I need to check this out a little bit. Um, and I went and bought a Bible, and I started reading it. And I, I found out pretty quickly 
began to comprehend that, that God's word was speaking intimately to me. Intimately to me. Um, as I read it. it. It was like it was for me. It was alive. I found truth in here. I found challenge. I found hope. I found hope in God's word. I found promise. You know, 2 Timothy 3 tells us about this, that God's word is alive. And so, so I asked, like, do we, do you understand God's word? So here's, all right, let's see what we can do here with this. All right, so we got God's word here. All right, let's see if I can make that happen. All right, so there's that. We got that. All right. There's more though, right? There's more. So now imagine we go, okay, well, oh, after you read this a while, you read God's word for a while, and you go, oh, wow, here's salvation. Salvation. Rescued from a senseless life. That's, that's how I think of salvation, right? That as, as I was reading God's word, I, I found out that there's, 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 a, there's hope, that there's, there's no other name under heaven by which we can be saved than the name of Jesus Christ. And he offers salvation. Acts 4.12 tells us this. And so I wonder if you, like you go, I, yeah, I've, I have God's word. I read God's word. I should probably read God's word more than I read God's word. But I have it and I know it and I know some of the verses and I want to learn more, but I've got it. And then many of you in here, many of you in here, when, when you see this word salvation, you're like, yeah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you've saved me. You've saved me from myself. Oh, yeah, that's, we want to put this here. You can see this. You can see our salvation there. Oh, what else we got in here? This is, this is really my fate. Well, they're all good. It's God's, God's stuff, so it's all good. But this one, for, for a 24-year-old uh, woman, lost, made some really stupid stupid decisions in her life. This was really, really good to find out about from God. That he forgives me. Forgiveness. As I read his word, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and give us everlasting life. Ooh. forgiveness. And some of you in here, you're like, oh yeah, I'm so glad I got that information too, Shannon. I'm glad I understand that too. And, and like, thank you, Lord, that I have this, this forgiveness. Oh. And the, the, one of the great things about, about knowing you're forgiven, right, is you read God's word and you understand he wants to save you from your sin. He forgives you from that. 
one of the, the best things about that is that is that then you get to be a new creation. Like you don't have to stay where you were. You don't have to remain in, in what it was that was that was painful and difficult. Or maybe things were okay, but it's just like you knew something was, there was something more, something greater for your life. You felt it. You knew it. It was like deep inside of you, you knew you were called to something more. And so as you read God's word and you, you read passages like 2 Corinthians 517, it says, we are made new, that the old is gone, the new has come. You are a new creation. You go, oh, that's great, because man, the old one was a real jerk. <laughs> the old one really made some mistakes. But I get to be like, when Jesus sees me, when the Lord of heaven and earth looks at me and calls on my name, and, and like he doesn't, he doesn't see the, the, the one that... The, doesn't look at the past and, and, and the mistakes there, but, but we're a new creation. What else could be in here? Well, let me tell you, this is the, they're all good. Victory. Victory. We don't need to live defeated, friends. Friends that know Jesus, you do not need to live as if you've been defeated because we have been given victory in the name of Jesus. He promises us that we, when we find ourselves in places where it seems that, that we're about to fail, that we're about to fall, or a place we've been over and over again, he says, no, no, I will provide a way out for you. I will, I will lift it up so you can walk right under that. Here it is. Here is the victory. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, over temptation, over sin, and over death. Victory. And some of you, many of you in here are going, I know, I have that information. I know that. I know that I am victorious. In the name of Jesus Christ, because of what he has done for me, I am victorious. You might not always feel that way, but you know God's promises tell us that we are. Which leaves us, I mean, this, this box could contain a whole lot more. It's because of these God's word, his power, the salvation he brings, the new life he brings, the victory and the forgiveness that he brings. Friends, that means that we've got good news. We've got good news. It really is good news. And I know so many of us in here going, I know the good news. Like if you did a quiz right now, Shannon, I could... I'd probably get like a, an A, maybe B plus. I mean, you know, but I, I know I can tell you what the good news of Jesus is. Because you have the information. You have the information about this. That's what all of these represent is this understanding of, of who God is, what he's done through Jesus Christ. The information.
Now, here's the good news. The good news that we all get to share. That's for us to share. It's what Jesus came to give us. Now, here's why I have this visual for us, friends. How many of us, as followers of Jesus, okay, we are collecting information. We're collecting information. I'm going to read God's word every day. And so, so glad that I'm saved. So glad I don't have to go to that place that I hear about and read about. And, and I'm so glad, whoo, I'm so glad that I'm a new creation. Oh. And I'm glad, that, I'm glad to know that, that, that when I pray, that, that I can have victory in my life. And, and yeah, I'm struggling here, but I've got the information because I know this stuff, and I know this. I know that I'm forgiven. Praise the Lord. And I know, I'm so glad that I know the good news. And here I am. And I'm going to just live as a Christian in my life. I'm just going to walk around. I look like a mom trying to get into her car. <laughs> this is all really good stuff. Friends, these chairs were not meant to be carried around. They were not meant for me to tote around just for myself. These chairs were meant to be offered up because I understand forgiveness. I want to open this chair up for someone in my life who needs to understand forgiveness. And I want to open this chair up because I understand good news. And I want someone to sit in this chair so they can hear the good news. And I want someone to know that they don't have to be defeated. That they can live in victory. And I want to share this with them. And I want them to know they can be a new creation. And I want them to know that there is no other name under heaven by which they can be saved. Oh, and I want them to know God's word. These were not meant for me to carry around only for myself. Friends, we are to invite people to come and sit in these chairs and be a part. And maybe that's at your house. Maybe that's at a, the restaurant. Maybe that's here in church. Maybe that's in your community group. Maybe that's at work, at school, wherever it may be. But we were not supposed to tote a bunch of chairs of information around who God is. But we were to say, come. And sit. Are you thirsty? Pull up a chair. Got something for you. And it'll change your life. Our responsibility in formal missionaries is just to invite people to sit. We just invite them. We allow God by his work through Jesus Christ, who made a way, salvation, gave his life for us. Lived, died for us, was resurrected, 
appeared, ascended to heaven, and then promised the Holy Spirit to come, the Spirit and the bride say, come. And so together, we're in partnership with the Holy Spirit of God Say, come, but this is, I love the fact that we are in partnership with the Holy Spirit because I can't save anybody, but I can invite them to a chair of knowledge of who God is. Say, come, come. This is what an informal missionary does. Come, come. Your information that you have about who Jesus is should come with an invitation for people to know him. You are informal missionaries for Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, We come to you and I just ask that we would well first and foremost I just I pray that we would take a moment and thank you that someone opened up a chair for us. Thank you that your word is true, that your word is life, that your word is whole, that it's full of promise and transformation, it's powerful, it's alive. May we know this, may we understand this, may we seek this in every part of us. And God, by your Holy Spirit, would we have an overwhelming sense of purpose, an overwhelming sense of I've got to invite. I've got to share what it is I know. God, show me who, show me where, show me when. Lord, I pray that our everything we contain in our minds and in our hearts of our understanding of who you are, would come as an invitation to know you. And I pray this in the mighty, the powerful, and the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.